Hey family, this is Mo Lives on Purpose. My name is Monique Moss, also known as Mo, and I am here to tell you about all the details of how I went from a life of hopelessness to a life full of hope and purpose. And I'm also going to be empowering you to live on purpose mentally, physically, relationally, financially, and most of all, spiritually. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Although we will talk about mental and emotional health from time to time, I want you to know that this podcast does not take the place of actual therapy. I encourage everyone to go and find a therapist that fits your personal needs so that you can do the work that you need to do in order to recover from any mental and emotional trauma as well as just working through all the things that we go through on a day-to-day basis. Hey y'all, so we are in the middle of our self-love challenge, which started back on Tuesday, February the 1st, and it will be lasting for the entire month of February. I know in January and maybe even back in December, you set all of these goals and these intentions, which is awesome. Great. Continue with that. But I am taking the month of February to really reflect on me as a person, my past, my present, my future. Yes, with goals in mind. But also just taking a minute to stop, take some deep breaths, and love on myself. And so I hope that you join me in this quest to just love you as you are in this moment. Even if there are certain aspects of you that you are struggling with. Struggling with loving. Struggling with accepting. Think of yourself and the fullness, the full totality of who you are as a person, your personality, your accomplishments, hell, even your mistakes. Let's celebrate all of that. Because guess what? Even in the things that we have done wrong in life, those things make us stronger. They make us better. They make us more resilient. They give us wisdom And we are able to impart that to other people. So I want you to take the rest of this month. Check out my Instagram. On my stories. On my posts. Even on my personal page. And on my Facebook page. I have been posting daily quotes that have to do with self-love. Which really give you something to think about. And I also give you a journal prompt. And these journal prompts are really good. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people how these journal prompts are really hitting hard and giving people the space and the time to reflect on how they can love themselves just a little bit more. So I hope you join me. I hope it serves you well. I love you guys. Now for our episode. Y'all. I am so tired of trying to lose weight. 
can I just be real transparent with y'all? Like, since I started this self-love challenge, I've been doing a lot of research. Um, God has really, I guess you can say, instilled in me or pushed me maybe to do more research in the area of body image and eating disorders, eating habits, and just how how we view ourselves just based off appearance and our bodies and all of that. And really not connecting the dots because I told y'all I am a mental health therapist. Um, and I have so many clients, not just women, men, children, preteens, teens, like people at all ages that are dealing with body image issues. Yes, they come in, bef- you know, for depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder like people are coming in for so many different reasons and even specific things that they're dealing with or have dealt with in their lives but nine times out of ten when we start to do some digging a lot of them have body image issues and some eating disorders um even if it's things that, you know, we don't traditionally think as an eating disorder. Like, we know anorexia, bulimia. Um, some people might even be aware of binge eating. But, like, things that may not necessarily be a specific eating disorder that we know of, but just some form of disordered e- eating and how we view ourselves and how that attaches to how we feed our bodies. So I just finished a session with a dietitian. And just after all of the research I've been doing over the past few weeks and all of the knowledge that I've been gaining about eating disorders and body image and all of that, a lot of what I'm seeing is that dietitians have very different viewpoints from other medical professionals. A lot of the dietitians that I'm coming across are saying stop restricting carbs, stop restricting, you know, all these different food groups and just have a well-balanced meal and you'll be okay. Yeah, so it's funny because I told y'all when I went to see my doctor this last time and my lab results came back, she said that I needed to do low carb. What else did she say? Low carb, low fat, and lose some weight. Okay, she didn't say it like that, but that's pretty much what she was telling me I needed to do in order to be able to get off of my diabetes medication she didn't suggest any particular meal plans she didn't suggest even that I see a dietitian she didn't ask me if I wanted a referral or nothing and 
you know, to and to think about it, she didn't ask me anything about, you know, hey, how's your mental health? How are you sleeping? What's going on in your life? What are you eating? Because <laughs> um, I, I might already been doing low carb, low fat, but you didn't ask me that. Hell, she didn't even ask me if I had any disordered eating habits or ask me what my eating habits were in general to determine that I have disordered eating. So that just puts me in the mindset of you just are more focused on my weight than anything. And therefore, my weight is the only determining factor that you are using to say this is why your A1Cs or your blood sugar levels are high. When I say y'all, like, I usually eat very low carb or had been prior to the last week or so. Had been eating very low carb. And that caused, you know, I had been eating low carb, but I had, you know, I guess I was taking in a lot of dairy. And that's because I usually eat um, cheese. I love cheese. I don't I wouldn't say that I overeat on it, but I may have been, who knows? Um because you know, nobody offered to give me a dietitian to let me know what's the appropriate amount of cheese to eat. But anyway, um I rarely eat anything that was sugary. Um when I drink my coffee in the morning, which y'all know I love coffee, like coffee is my my jam. I have coffee and I would put heavy whipping cream in it. Um, not a ton of it, but I had enough in there and I would use, if I wanted um, to use a sweetener, I would use stevia. So, you know, I'm, I was doing my thing and I had been doing that for the last, I would say almost four years because my son will be five this year. So I started keto. And then slowly transitioned into low carb once I had my son. And he'll be five this year. So it's been about four years since I had that particular lifestyle. And I was off of my diabetes meds for two years. And then all of a sudden, my A1C was like 11 something. So, and then it was nine. And last month it was 8.7, which those are still high a1c's um because i believe numb diabetic range is five point something um i'm gonna look that up so i can give y'all actual numbers this is stuff i probably should look up before i start so a normal a1c level is below 5.7 percent anything between 5.7 percent and 6.4 percent is pre-diabetes and then of course anything above 6.4 so 6.5 or higher is considered diabetes range right and so back over the summer of 2021 my diabetes um a1c my hemoglobin a1c at that point was 11 something so it was high um i'm walking around not knowing my blood sugar was high and until I got really sick and I could feel my blood sugar was high, I checked it 
and it was like 300 something and wasn't coming down regardless of what I ate. So I had to go back on my diabetes meds at that point. Um, so y'all, I went, let me tell y'all the difference in, in doctors. And the sad thing is you don't know what kind of doctor you're going to get until you get there in front of their face and, and you're with that doctor. So when I got sick over this summer, the same, this was the same day I was getting ready to take my licensing exam. My licensing exam time was at 2 PM and early that morning, my blood sugar was in the 300s and I wasn't on diabetes medicine. So I went to the emergency room, couldn't get an appointment with my doctor. So I went to the emergency room and this emergency room, I'm not going to name names or whatever. I'm not here to bash um, people by name or whatever. So this was usually like a really good emergency room. Love this emergency room. But I went there on this particular day and it was a nightmare and it was very different from how it was before and I can't even say that it was due to COVID because I went there um at one point um maybe a couple like right after the pandemic had started I went to that emergency room and it was not even the way that it was on this particular day when I went last summer so I don't think COVID has a whole lot to do with it, but I do know that they have changed um, the name of the hospital. It's one of those, uh, I'm not even going to go there, but it's um, rebranded or whatever. I think they have different management or something. I don't know about hospital structure, but whatever. Horrible. So they're like, yeah, your blood sugar's high. Let's give you some fluids. Here, get some metformin. Bye. Okay, I understand it's an emergency room. It's not really your job to do a whole bunch of education. I don't think. I don't know. So, they were like, okay, see your doctor in however many days. So, I go see my doctor again. You And, I, and at first, I think when my blood sugars were normal, I really liked this doctor. <laughs> but... Sometimes God allows certain things to happen so your eyes can be open to certain people and to certain situations. So, not no, not let me rewind. So, I couldn't get in to see my doctor again, but my blood sugars were not coming down even with the, the metformin, even with the medication and them giving me insulin at... The emergency room to bring it down my blood sugars were not coming back down so i went to a different emergency room which this emergency room is in the same building as my primary doctor excuse me my primary doctor so this is the difference so i go to see this i went to this emergency room and this doctor at the emergency room sat down in the room that I was in and talked to me. He asked me what was going on in my life. What do I usually eat? All, you know, 
when did I notice? How did I notice that my blood sugars were high? Like, he sat down and talks to me. And he said, it sounds like this is stress related. He said, you're a mother. You're in school. Um, no, I had actually just graduated from school that May. This was probably, yes, this was in June um, that this happened. So, yeah, I had just finished school, just graduated, studying for my test, working a full-time job, also working um, on internship and all of this other stuff. So, seeing clients, all of that. So, um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> he said, it sounds like this is stress-related. He said, so you just... Need to calm down, relax, like take some days to just, you know, get better. And you, he said, I really think that things, your blood sugar will come down and you'll feel better. And I was hopeful because, you know, I had just finished school. So my stress level was going to go down. And I also had just, um, I was about to quit my job. No, I had just finished um, my last day of my job earlier that week. Um, as a school counselor, I quit my job and I was about to start, um, you know, my whole associateship or whatever you want to call it. So I say all that to say your the, the kind of doctor you interact with, you don't know what you're going to get. And I think it's time for us to start advocating for ourselves I don't want to go through the process of trying to find another primary doctor, but here's the thing. If I don't start to see changes, I will. And here's what I'm going to do the next time I go to my doctor's office. They're going to tell me to step on the scale as soon as I walk through the door and I'm going to refuse because I need you to look at other factors besides my weight, my weight from January until what april is not going to drastically change that much so use the previous weight if you have to ask sit down and i'm going to have to tell her i need you to be more concerned about other factors of my life besides my weight okay and just sit down and talk to me like ask me some real serious questions and now in hindsight like and before I even started recording today, I had this other, like, aha moment. Last year, January, I did a challenge of working out every day, closing my rings on my Apple Watch every day, right? And I ended up hurting my freaking knee. <laughs> um, my knee was making some crazy noises. The other one was starting to make some crazy noises, and I was... Um, like my knee would lock up on me. Like I had some issues with my knee and I, that was because I was going hard. Okay. I was going hard. I had joined this, uh, workout challenge. I was working out every day, like crazy. Um, all with the goal to lose weight, of course. And I just overdid it. So I go, <laughs> the funny thing is, it was time for my checkup, like my annual checkup. So I go in for the checkup, 
And, you know, she's like, okay, whatever, whatever. Do you have any concerns or questions? Yeah, my knee has been making this noise. So she goes and checks my knee. Oh, yeah, you might have arthritis. Okay, she said, that's called crepitus. Let's do some um, x-rays because you might have, you know, some arthritis or something like that, whatever. Um, and then the heifer charged me because you asked me, do I have any questions or concerns? Yeah, my knee, but this is supposed to be an annual checkup. So when you go to have an annual checkup, just bear in mind when they ask you, do you have any questions or concerns? Don't say anything. Set up a separate appointment if you don't feel like paying a copay that day. Because, yeah, like what's the point of an annual checkup if I have questions or concerns during that checkup that I can't present those to you? And then you decide because I've asked a question that now you treat me for something completely different than you just checking my weight and checking my blood pressure that now you have to charge me for it. So I'm... I thought about this because that was exactly, that was probably exactly a year ago. So they did their x-rays or whatever. Then she tells me, yeah, you have, you have um, mild arthritis. And that is not something that a 38, well, oh Lord, I'm not 38 yet. What am I talking about? 36 at that point, a 36 year old woman wants to hear. So she offered to send me to a specialist um, to check it out. So I go to the specialist. The specialist is like, hey, we like to take our own x-rays. We don't like to take x-rays with you laying down. We want to see what your knees look like weight-bearing. So let's take some x-rays standing up, which I understand. Like, these are specialists, so they have different tactics than someone that's not a specialist. I get it, whatever. So they take my x-rays and the doctor comes in, comes in and he says, hey, you don't have arthritis. You just been straining it, you know, your knees too hard. So what I need you to do, he didn't say nothing about losing weight. He said, what I need you to do is just slow it down. Stop doing such stuff that's really strenuous for right now. You need to do some boring yoga. That's exactly what he says. Some boring yoga, some good stretching, blah, 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 or whatever. And, you know gradually work yourself up from that so and he even told me like some helpful things about you know when I'm drinking coffee and he did talk about fasting and you know and stuff like that like intermittent fasting which I'm kind of iffy at this point which I used to do intermittent intermittent yeah can't talk today intermittent fasting um over the last few years I I had been doing that um, not every day or not consistently, but every once in a while I would do some intermittent fasting. And so now I'm starting to question fasting, not for spiritual purposes, but for dietary purposes. I'm starting to question fasting. So that's a whole nother conversation. So I'm coming to the conclusion that my doctor and I need to have a serious conversation. And if um, she can't get it together, if sis can't get it together and do better, then Monique going to have to move on to a different doctor. Um, I am wondering if there is a way to find doctors. Um, I found this. 
um, particular, I don't know what to call it, but it's almost like a way that healthcare providers, including mental health and, you know, different, uh, service providers can wrap their minds and have a different mindset when they are interacting with clients and patients. And it's called Health at Every Size. And the acronym for that is H-A-E-S. Y'all look that up. I'm wondering if there is a directory of doctors that look at me as a person that will not see how much I weigh, look at my body and say, yeah, your diabetes or yeah, your knee hurting has to do with your weight. Um, Yeah, your A1C is high because you probably aren't eating well, but I'm not going to ask you what you're eating. I'm just going to assume instead of thinking, oh, like crap, like you under a lot of stress. That's probably the reason why your A1C is high and has been high because you've been under continued stress. I need a doctor that I can interact with. We can have a conversation and they can ask me questions that looks at more than just my size, more than just my weight. And they can tell me, is there any, hey, if my weight is the issue, cool, but don't just look at that and assume that that's the totality of the issue that I'm presenting today. That's my problem. So I need a directory for that. So Hey, y'all email me if you know somebody, a doctor in the Houston area that I could go to that will be able to to do that for me, to provide that for me. I know I sound angry. I'm not angry, y'all. I'm just, I'm tired of paying my money for insurance. Maybe the insurance is the problem. Because I think insurance has all these rules and so if doctors don't follow these rules they don't get paid you know so that might be the issue i don't know who i should be upset with but i'm upset and i'm tired i'm so tired of it i'm tired of and not just that i'm tired of feeling like i have to lose weight to have value i know i'm not the only person that feels that And it's not just in the medical profession. It's in our everyday lives. If you don't look a certain way or weigh a certain whatever, like people judge you. People have negative things to say about you. Um, I want to give you a brief history of my life as the fat girl. And I don't find the word fat offensive. Not to me anyway. Some people might find it offensive, but I don't. Um, So, yeah, there's that. But anyway, like I told y'all before, I have been big all my life. Like, I came here big. Like, it is what it is. And I want to say, back in elementary school, weight and you know, how big I was, was never an issue for me. It wasn't something that started to come to my attention as a problem. And I say problem very loosely, not for me, but a problem for other people. Um, I want to say 
around the time I was like in fourth grade. Um, shoot, maybe even before that. I remember going to my primary doctor um, back then. I want to say I was in elementary school. I vaguely remember going to the doctor because I was having joint issues. And this may have been two separate doctor's appointments. But I remember my doctor telling my parents that because my neck was darker around that time, that was a sign of diabetes in the you know, having getting diabetes in the future. Um, so I don't know what all they told my parents as far as, oh, she needs to lose weight, lose weight. She needs to eat this, eat that. You know, I don't remember that part of the conversation, but I do remember them talking about my joints. And then I don't know if it was the same appointment or a different one. Doctors saying something about my neck being darker. Um, so yeah, the next. Um, thing is, you know, I was pretty active as a kid. Like I was always outside playing. I was the only girl on my street. So I was always playing kickball, baseball, football, basketball with the boys. Like I w I have two brothers and every other kid on my street was a boy. So I was always out there with the boys. Um, it wasn't until <laughs> I started to develop a little bit. Where my mom was like, okay, you can't do that no more because, <laughs> yeah, it's just not a good look. Um, but I remember in elementary school, like fourth or fifth grade, like having crushes on certain boys. Like I would never tell them that, but I would have crushes on boys and they would always choose other girls that didn't look like me, like the smaller girls or whatever. Um but whatever, I mean, I guess people have their own preferences or whatever, but I think that's when it really became, started to become evident to me that being a bigger girl was not ideal for other people. Um, I remember, I can't remember how old I was, but I do remember at some point, I don't know if I was in like fifth grade or in middle school, but my mom is a small person. Like she's short, petite, and, um, you know, she's not a heavy set woman or whatever. My mom is pretty small. And so <laughs> she, um, me and her were wearing the same size clothes. <laughs> I don't remember what age that was. And I remember like, feeling a little bad about that like okay that's strange but I do remember that and but me and my mom would like she would buy us the same clothes so we had like these shorts I just remember these plaid navy blue shorts <laughs> that both of us wore and I just thought I was so cute in them shorts, and they were so not. But <laughs> back then, plus-size clothes were not it back then like they are now. And so, yeah, 
that's why. And then too, like plus size clothes for kids at that point weren't like they are now where, you know, there's so many more options. Um, so I'm super grateful that the plus size fashion industry has upgraded over the years. But um, I just remember middle school, high school, the same thing. Like I liked certain boys. They didn't like me back. They chose other girls that were smaller. So it was really the realization when it came to me interacting with other people that being a bigger girl was not ideal. And, but that didn't come from home, which I love that. That that idea did not come from home. Um. So, yeah. And that's just in my memories. Like, a lot of parts of my childhood, I don't know why, just seems so vague to me. And there's a lot of memories. Like, I'll have friends that say, hey, remember we did this, this, and this? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't remember that. You know, so I don't know what it is that I'm, like, mentally or emotionally suppressing. But my memories of childhood are very vague. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, um, I just, I remember that was when I started to get the idea that because I was bigger, I was inadequate. And I really didn't go through the whole, I have to lose weight, I have to diet, I have to do this and that until, really until I was in college um, I think that was really the first time I ever dieted. And that was after I got kicked out of nursing school. I went on this, I was really depressed. But then once I kind of had a plan of what I would do after that, um, I lost a lot of weight after that. So I came back to school and sis was like, bam. But, um... Anyway, so it wasn't until I was in college that I really went through this whole, started this whole dieting thing. And then after that, I just did weight cycling like off and on up until today, like really, to be honest with you. Um, I probably lost the most weight after I had my son and the, you know, first two years of his life. Um, that's when I lost the most weight. And here recently, I have been trying to, like, for over the last year or so, really been trying to get back to that weight um, that I was after having my son and it just not being able to stick to it. And I, you know, was like, okay, there's something mentally and emotionally going on that I need to figure out. Um, and so here over the last couple of weeks, I've just come to this realization like God gave me this body. I came here like this, y'all. Like, it ain't like I did something completely wrong. Like, yes, my eating habits over time got worse. And that was because I became an emotional eater. But I came to this earth a big girl. So this is what you get, you know. And, yeah, I'm kind of getting to this point where, like, why do I need to spend the rest of my life 
trying to get to a goal weight when obviously there's something mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever going on that's causing me to not be able to or not being able to consistently stick to specific diets. And I came to this realization and thank God for the body kindness book, because I think that is what really put all of this stuff into perspective is that God created this body. Now, this part isn't in the book, but this is my realization, my own revelation that God has given me. God created our bodies, right? And we have these internal cues that say, Monique, you're hungry, eat. Okay, there's also internal cues that say, Monique, you're full. You can stop now. And for years, I have not listened to that, either because I was trying to do intermittent fasting or I would overeat past the point of fullness. Because I will say growing up, we, you know, we're taught you eat everything on your plate. And that, I think, was the start of the whole um, not doing intuitive eating. You are eating just to eat what's on your plate. Um, and so once I became a very emotional eater and was doing binge eating and all of that, like I was always eating past the point of being full. I would eat dinner. <laughs> I would leave work. And go stop at Chick-fil-A, eat a whole meal at Chick-fil-A, go home, cook, and eat dinner again. Knowing that I'm still full. So, I had a lot of disordered eating, you know, going on over the years. And I really just kind of got to this place now where I'm tired of always losing weight and it's becoming an issue to the point where weight loss has become an idol and had become more important to me than my relationship with God and that is what I'm not okay with God created this body to like I don't have to you know live to eat but I do need to eat to live so therefore let me listen to what my body is telling me which God designed this body to do that. Let me just listen to what my body is telling me. My body tells me, hey, you thirsty, drink some water. My body tells me, you know, oh, let's not eat something super sugary right now because you have several clients coming up and you don't want to be, um, you know, dragging and tired or whatever. Like my body tells me, what it needs my body you know god designed our bodies to do that and so i have to listen to that and i'm getting to the point where dieting and weight loss are no longer a part of my vocabulary not for my life in general and i also you know i'll talk more about this on a different episode but i had this another revelation that a lot of times as a parent, like things that affect you, a lot of times your eyes aren't open to it. There's not a self-awareness, but your kids will make you aware. And y'all, for the last several years, I have been trying to find a keto slash low-carb pancake 
recipe to no avail. I have not found a good one that all of us likes. And I just came to this realization like I have been really pushing this whole low-carb lifestyle, this whole um, don't eat this, eat that kind of thing. And I have been projecting that on my kids. And that that sucks. Like, what am I teaching my daughter about valuing herself beyond what she looks like or beyond what she chooses to eat? Like, what am I teaching her? Because she made a comment to me the other day. So, she's in choir. And when I say she has a beautiful singing voice, she has a beautiful singing voice. She's in choir. She had a, a choir thing that she had to go to. Um, basically, it's called solo and ensemble where she goes, she performs a song that she's been practicing for a long time, and they rate her singing. So her teacher told her, you know, in the email to the parents, it said, dressing your Sunday best, right? Well, I, my definition of Sunday best, depending on what kind of church you go to, is you wear, you know, a decent-looking dress and some uh, shoes or whatever, you know. So she had on a purple dress. She was super cute. And she had on some ballet flats or whatever. Super cute. We get there, and everybody else is in T-shirt and jeans and Crocs. And what? ugh, I hate Crocs. So that's a whole other thing. But anyway, that's just me. I hate Crocs. So if you like Crocs, that's your business. Um, but anyway, all of these other kids are not dressed up. And even the kids that were from her school, they had on jeans and tennis shoes with a sweater or whatever, you know, so she was obviously dressed way dressed, more dressed up than everybody else. And so she was like, I feel silly. And I said, well, your teacher said, wear your Sunday dress. And I said, you will you know, leave a good impression because you did dress up, you know, that'll make you stand out. And she was like, I don't like standing out. And so I was like, what? Like, she was like, I don't like standing out. And if you see my daughter, she stands out. Like she is beautiful. Um, And so she's like, I don't usually stand out anyway. And I was like, of course you do. And so she was like, no, she was like, there's nothing about me that stands out. And that broke my heart, y'all. That really broke my heart. And part of me was wondering, is there something that I have done as her mom or said, even if it was about myself, that projected the idea that it's okay to view yourself that way? And if I have, that sucks on my part. But I do, I, I know that teenagers go through that where they feel like they're not good enough. But I definitely do not want my daughter to go through what I went through because I thought I wasn't good enough. Because I went through years of having this sign on my head of look at me tell me I'm beautiful 
tell me you like me, show interest in me, like, and that led me to seeking attention from all the wrong people, even if it was bad attention. That mindset led me into an abusive relationship that I was in for five plus years because I felt like that's all that I deserved because I didn't stand out. But to that person, I felt like I stood out in some way because they chose me, even if the way they treated me wasn't the way that I wanted to be treated. So, as a parent, I have to be more intentional on not hyper-focusing on my body and my appearance and food and, like, restricting foods and we can't eat this and we can't eat that. You know, I, I have to stop that because that's teaching my kids that it's okay for them to do the same to themselves and it's not. So, I know I've expressed a lot of frustration in this episode, but I'm just tired. I'm so tired of my whole life consuming, being consumed by what I look like. Therefore, I have to lose weight to be acceptable to other people. My husband, y'all, he loves Monique just as she is. And I have to ask myself, why can't I love myself just as I am? Like, if you decide that you do want to lose weight for health purposes or whatever, that's cool. But make sure your why is not attached to acceptance from other people. Make sure your why has to do with health. Make sure your why has to do with... Something other than some vain reason of that has to do with other people's perceptions of you and, and all of that. Tell these doctors that you're going to have to come correct if I am in your office and we are talking, come correct. Like ask me stuff that has nothing to do with my body size, my weight or whatever Ask me other aspects of my life because I'm more than just a body. We have a body. We have a mind. We have a spirit. We have all of these other pieces of us that have nothing to do with our physical appearance. Yes, I'm here for physical health reasons, depending on what kind of professional you're seeing. But I need you to look beyond that. Like, look at the totality of me. (sighs) anyway y'all let me step off this soapbox (laughs) I really want us to love ourselves more I want to love myself more I want to be able to use the love that I have for myself to love my kids more love my husband more love anybody I interact with more and I can't do that if I'm constantly thinking about weight loss and constantly thinking about food and oh I can't have that because whatever I met with a dietitian today and I was so like I was so impressed by the education that she gave me which I know that's her job but it wasn't 
focused on weight loss or anything like that. It was really to educate me. And she did ask me what my weight and height was at the beginning of the session. So I was already like, okay, I hope this isn't going where I think it's going. But it didn't. So anyway, I love you guys. I want you to love yourself more. Join me on this challenge. I promise you, if you really do the work, you will have so much revelation about yourself and about how others treat you, what you will accept, what you will allow. Just so much revelation comes from this challenge. Um, I'm going to also start posting some of the people I've been following lately that have kind of really altered my viewpoint on these things. Um, I think I'm going to start putting that out there. That way you can educate yourself from a different perspective and you decide what you choose to believe. You decide how you choose to live your life. I'm not trying to project my ideas or my thoughts on you. Um, but educate yourself and figure out what's best for you. So I love you guys. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope that you find a way to love yourself just a little bit more today. And I will talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye. Please be sure to subscribe and follow my podcast. Also, follow me on IG, on Instagram at Mo Lives on Purpose. I also have a Facebook page, Mo Lives on Purpose. And then you can also email me with any questions or any feedback that you have for me. And my email address is Mo Lives on Purpose at gmail.com. Thank you guys, and I hope you are blessed and go and live more purposely.